This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live Podcast. Live from Sherman Talent. Real talk about talent acquisition, recruiting, sourcing, and hiring. Are you in talent acquisition? Then listen up, because we're about to blow Blow your your mind. mind. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Erica on from UKG, and we'll be talking about three things. A, Erica and UKG. Two, we'll be talking about her session at Sherman Talent. And three, what she's learned through the pandemic, through the first two years of the pandemic, at least. So without any further ado, Erica, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself and UKG? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, My name is Erica Sandoval, and I'm a partner of the Strategic Advisory Group at UKG, Ultimate Kronos Group, so a combination of two very big and amazing companies, Kronos with Ultimate Software. Um, And what we do is we're right now about about 12,000 employees across 61 different countries. We specifically focus on HCM and workforce management. So a little bit of the combination of both. You've got human capital management with, you know, the, the little spice of the time and attendance coming together to form UKG. I love it. So strategic advisory group, what do y'all, what do y'all do? Um, so our group specifically out of the human insights team, we're the part of the larger human insights team. What our group does is we're all former practitioners right. of some sort of shape, a form of, of HR. My area is specifically around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, I've worked specifically around the globe um, in various organizations, public and private sector, looking specifically at learning and development, professional development, really looking at that employee engagement piece from an equitable global lens. Um, So that's kind of my area. We have a couple other folks on our team who are also practitioners um, from the area of payroll to change management. So what we do is we get to present a lot on thought leadership, and we're also looking at the research around the world, actually, um, and presenting that to a lot of customer-facing events. I love it. And you create your own thought leadership as well. Correct, yeah. So a lot of it is from what we've seen, what we're seeing in the field, kind of from our own experiences. Right, right. Um, first of all, I love that. You, you were on the HR side in how long? Um, uh, for 15 years. So I've worked in, I like to say people, um, everything yep. in the area of people. Yep. Uh, you know, I think people go into, not really go into HR specifically saying, oh, I'm going to go into HR. So my background's a lot in the social sciences. And so for me, I love people and it's, you know, that's kind of my cup of tea. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit about your session. What do you, what do you, what's, what's your session about? So I will be pre- uh, presenting tomorrow morning with Karina Monasan, my colleague, and we are going to be presenting on pay equity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a twofold uh, lens. Karina is a mother and a researcher on our team. So we'll be presenting a lot of the data of what that looks like to with, with mothers in the workforce and what's happened during the pandemic. And my area of research and practice will be also um, tied in there looking specifically at women of color. Uh, women of color have been um, the demographic the most impacted as well um, as what we've seen specifically in the pandemic. So I'll be presenting a lot on that side. I was about to say, especially in that first year, 2020, at the end of it, the, the impact of women being laid off, but also women of color being laid off disproportionately. Correct, correct. And a lot of that, um, you know, I think it, you know, we'll be presenting a lot of those uh, information and stats is really looking, especially at frontline uh, workers, and really what kind of that what those dynamic dynamics have been, especially for the impact of women of color. I think oftentimes we forget 
women of color especially are the sole breadwinners in a lot of families um, and mothers and caretakers. So we see a lot of that intersection that we'll be presenting tomorrow. Dumb question alert. Um, (laughs) Do you think when that layoff happened, so we'll just kind of go back to December of 2020 or January, make it just 21, make it simple. Do you think that was a lack of insight or analytics? Like people just didn't, didn't, have the insight into who they were laying off and and how that looked or didn't care? I, I, I think it's, um, I would like to say it's like a twofold. I wouldn't say not necessarily didn't care. I think a lot of organizations truly do care. I like to give organizations the benefit of the doubt. I think a lot of organizations, a lot of HR folks especially. You're an optimist. I am truly, oh truly. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I really. I found I really, one. Yeah. I found one. I, 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 no, I, I think that's, you have to be in this field, you know, because not one day is the same. And you know, you, you, have, you come in with your plan in HR and then by the end of the day it changes. So I think it was twofold. I think what happened, the folks who really did have the analytics and really understood their workforce are the folks we're seeing actually come out stronger now. Right. That's who we're seeing. Um, I think what happened during the pandemic is that the the folks who were already disproportionately affected prior to the pandemic, what we saw now with what happened with the pandemic and other social injustices happening around the country and the world, we started to see then even more of what this impact was having to these folks in these particular communities, in the especially in the workplace. So if we're having a pay equity, we're having a pay equity discussion a year from now, right here. What's similar or different in our conversation? I, I think more than anything, I think ne- if we're going to meet next year and yes, we're going to have we this are. discussion, okay. Yes. I think more than anything, we're going to be moving past these numbers of of the data of what it's shown us, and I think we're going to be starting to have the discussions of what our organizations doing or have done. And what has been that take? And I think more importantly is what did we learn and what is working and how can we keep moving forward? Because like anything change in order to change anything, especially systemically, it takes time and, right. and, and it doesn't, it's not a, a one size fits all and it's never perfect. So as you know, as HR folks will gather again and we'll reevaluate what has been working and what hasn't and looking at those metrics that we set. You know, I'll take a slightly different uh, tact in the sense that I think you know, like what Mark Benioff did at Salesforce, I think I think you have to have a leader that cares enough to say, yeah, zero tolerance. We're just going to make the hard leap. And you, you mentioned, you know, these things take time or can take time. Comp professionals have known about pay equity for 40 years. So it's, this isn't a new problem. And, Absolutely. Right? So, so, like, I'm not sure... I'm not sure I want to buy into that it's going to take more time. Um, I think the time that what will take is the embedment. So if we look at like diversity, yeah. equity, and inclusion in general, the work of DE&I has to be embedded into the entire strategy. Fabric. And I think that's the part we're going to see with that that will take the time. How do we embed pay equity into our entire business strategy? Yep. That's what I'm referring to. That's the numbers it. don't lie, but no. the strategy, that's the key. Yeah, yeah. Now I, now I got it. Thank you. That's, that, that, that makes, because it's a thread that makes the tapestry. If you weave it into there, then now it's every part of every decision you make. And you nailed it, the accountability piece. Yeah. That, that's how we follow through. Yeah. Because I, I think, again, if there's anybody out there that, that again, thinks that this is a bad idea or somehow opposed to it, yeah, I, I just want to find them. I want, I want the transparency to be on them. <laughs> and I want them to go away. Yes. Um, okay, so a wonderful, obviously a wonderful session. Uh, lastly, is the last two years of 
the pandemic, mm-hmm. what have you learned about yourself or yeah. what have you learned about your company? You Just what have you learned? Yeah. I think for me, um, but, you know, I came into UKG as a UKG employee. You know, we, right. we started with that. And I think for me, one of the biggest things that I've learned is being able to see you know, I came in. I came into this organization as a former practitioner, right at the hype of where all these changes were happening. Recovering, one hundred percent. And one of the things that I think is critical is the times have changed for HR folks, and we are really elevated into the strategic lens. And I think that's one thing that I've learned. It's like you know, for many of us who have been working in this field for a while, who have been trying to push strategy, right. now it's happening. Your seat at the table. Oh, one hundred percent. That yeah. seat at the table and tying it specifically to the overall business plan, yeah. and especially in the field of D and I, I think more than ever that seat's also there. It's interesting because I, I think in the first three months, HR wasn't quite prepared. I don't think anybody was prepared. So it's state the obvious i don't think any of us were prepared but because employee communications has had been relegated for a lot of companies to almost benefits communications you know annual communications um and all of a sudden it's like okay we've got to do something different there hr is now thrusted now it's not a seat at the table it is the table and uh, you know it's I, I think i think now there's now we're doing with some of the burnout that people have faced because they got thrown into that and it was really intense. Um, and, and, and they might not have been prepared for it. And, uh, so it's, 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 it's interesting to see practitioners that have been through it now. Now that it's a little bit calmer, people are a little bit calmer. Uh, but anything about yourself, did you learn anything about yourself through the pandemic? I think for me is, um, as I think a human, we're much more resilient than we think we are. I think that's clearly one thing that I've learned. We can take on a lot more and, and, and really I think for me has been of establishing um, those particular boundaries so I don't burn out. I think that's one thing that you know a lot of practitioners have, have seen because you can completely, I think, you know, we, as I always say, we, you know, our customers are the employees. And I think oftentimes as HR folks, we want to do all we can for our employees and we forget about ourselves. And if anything, I hope other HR leaders who are listening have established those boundaries for themselves so that they can put on that oxygen mask first and help themselves to, to be a better leader in their organization. Great reference, by the way. Fantastic <laughs> reference. Erica, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.